At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Huge show for you today. John suggested this topic. I'm really fired up about it. We just were talking before we started recording that I have way too many guys on my list. But we're going to talk about who we think should be traded this upcoming trade season. And we're also actually going to pick two teams that we think should be ruled out of the playoffs because I teased it last week and then immediately forgot that we were supposed to do it because I got too excited about our conversation. But uh, John, safely back from London, you you, uh, ensconced back at home again? Yeah, yeah, I've been back for a while. I, uh, I actually saw a lovely college basketball game yesterday. It was supposed to be really close, and it ended up being a 34-point uh, blowout. So that was kind of fun. Syracuse <laughs> but Syracuse uh, wing player Elijah Hughes definitely put on a show. He's a kind of a second-round name to watch. He can really shoot it. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, I'll keep that in mind. when we. I mean, I'm sure we'll do a show at some point on draft guys. Because you, you follow it much more closely than I do th- during the season of like the draft guys that you like and sleepers and stuff when we get around to that. But now we are months away from draft season. So let's talk trade. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about what the trade market is going to look like, first of all. And my feeling, and I want to see if you agree, is that this is going to be a pretty quiet trade season. Do you feel that way? I think you're probably right. For a couple of reasons. Uh, first, first of all, we're not looking at a great free agent market next year. We're not looking at a lot of teams who are trying to set themselves up to have cap room for next year. The teams that do have cap room are are mostly at the bottom of the standings. And then, uh, I, I guess the one thing that could push teams to action is just if there's an arms race. There, there are several teams that I think look at themselves and say, hey, we can do this. We can get to the finals. And as long as that's the case, there's going to be an aspect of of arms race, which is the thing we probably last had in 2015, uh, you know, when basically everyone in the West made a a deal to get another player in January, February of that season. Uh, Golden State ended up winning it and was the first of the five in a row they won. And now we're in a situation where Golden State is no longer dominant, and there's a question of what the succession is going to look like, and that could that could get teams to the table where they otherwise might not be. You know, I think that that could lead to more of an arms race maybe in the buyout market for a couple of reasons. One is I think the teams that are trying to get better 
don't necessarily have a lot of flexibility to do so. The Lakers, for example, they can't trade a first-round pick right now, and they are really bereft of salary filter. The Bucks are out a pick going forward. The Clippers are out a bunch of picks, so they can trade 2020, which uh, could be helpful. Uh, so there are a lot of these teams. And then, you know, Denver, for example, they have a lot of depth, but not necessarily a clear hole to upgrade. That's something that you've talked about for a long time of how just upgrading that one bad position can be so valuable. They don't necessarily have that. So, uh, you know, Philly is another one that's kind of, okay, they've got their team. They don't have a ton of assets to trade. Miami doesn't have a ton of assets to trade. And then you also throw in that maybe there aren't necessarily any true difference makers that you want to throw the kitchen sink in for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think the guys you get in the buyout market generally aren't, aren't good enough to play for a championship caliber team. Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying here is there's going to be more guys in the buyout market just because it's not really going to make sense to possibly trade for them. Like say like, you know, a Marvin Williams type of guy Mm -hmm. or even, you know, a Derek favors where those guys have pretty big salaries. They're expiring contracts, but what do you trade back for them? Teams don't necessarily have a lot of filler salaries themselves is are you willing to give up a good second? Are you willing to give up a young prospect? It, it seems to me that there's going to be enough of those guys, and it's just so hard to make trades coming up that the buyout market, I think, is going to be way better than it traditionally is. That's my prediction. But as we go through this, maybe I'll change my tune. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. The other thing that I think will uh, restrict the trade market a little is the lack of awful contracts, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, other than maybe Gorgie Dang, like, who are you looking at who's got a huge number for next year who you're just like, oh, my goodness, look at that, like, look at that thing. You know, we had the, we had the, uh, the summer orgy in, uh, what was it, 2016, and all those numbers are coming off the books now. And so we just don't have a lot of really real stinkers sitting on teams' books anymore where there's an incentive for them to throw in picks to get off of those kinds of deals. Yeah, and again, that plays in with the fact that there's no point in trying to save money for this upcoming offseason because it's not a good free agent uh, group anyway. You know, for example, Deion Waiters and James Johnson, those aren't good contracts. Those go another year each. But, you know, what does Miami need cap space for this summer? You're better off just holding on to them, let them expire, and then you get into that 2021 free agency market. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Because, yeah, Miami, like Miami, Kelly Olenek said another one now that he can't move anymore, apparently. Um, but uh, the, even if Miami got off that kind of money, because they could potentially be a cap room team this summer, Miami. Just what, what, what are you getting for it, though? What are you going after? That's a, that's a tough question. Yeah, so I do think there's definitely going to be a fair amount of demand for teams wanting to improve this year. But those teams don't have a ton of assets. Another thing, too, is if the eighth seed starts looking uh, doesn't start looking any better we're going to have more teams in it the trade deadline is a few weeks earlier than it used to be and so you may have more teams like say an Aaron Baines in Phoenix right where Phoenix will say hey you know we haven't made the playoffs in forever that would be so major for our team Sacramento might say the same thing and yet you know Aaron Baines or uh you know I'm trying to think of who's expiring or Bogdanovich uh, in Sacramento yeah Yeah, where where you're just like hey we got to we could still be in it here. And those teams are also not known for their accuracy of self-assessment either. So uh, there may just, it may be a buyer's market 
but those teams don't have, or, or I'm sorry, a seller's market, but the buyers don't have any assets and there aren't that many teams trying to sell potentially. So I'm, uh, I'm interested to see. I, I, I don't have a great feeling on it. I'm not going to say for sure that it's going to be an inactive trade season, but I do think generally the factors are pointing in that direction. All right. Well, let's 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 talk about who might get moved, though. If if the world if it were up to us, who who are the players who would get moved? Yeah, no, that's right. It, it's up to us. Um, okay, so I'll give you the floor here. Who really just sticks out to you? I mean, we're not necessarily doing this in a, a strict order, but just the the names that are really the number one name on my list is Danilo Gallinari. Yep, because Oklahoma City isn't trying to win this year. He's an expiring contract. He's really good and really good in a way that he can meld into almost any other team because he's not a ball-dominant player, and the threat of his shot opens things up for everyone else. So I think any winning team would want this guy. Now, he makes 22, right? So you so you got a pretty significant number to get to, and Oklahoma City's going to want their, their pound of flesh for him. I'm sure they're going to ask for a first. I don't know if they're going to get it, but they're going to get something for him, right? Uh, so it's going to be... Interesting to see what kind of deals other teams could cobble together uh, to potentially make a run at him. Or, you know, does Oklahoma City say, okay, you can have Gallinari, but you have to take, you know, Dennis Schroeder too, or you have to take this other, you know, some other kind of toxic asset. So that would be insane to me if they can't get a first for Gallo. Now, I do have some skepticism about Gallo really being able to help at the absolute highest levels, because I think he can just be attacked defensively if you really get into... Uh, now, we don't have the quite the powerhouse offenses on the best teams that we've had before, but uh, I do think that he's... He, he may not hold up once you get into the second round and beyond. Uh, you know, I, he got killed by Golden State last year. I think the Clips defense is a lot better for not having him. But yeah, I mean, offensively, I think he's, he, he's pretty good. If you can also avoid fouling him on, on drives... In the playoffs, you know, that takes away a lot of his game also. But, I mean, he, he's, you know, a very solid starter. Like, it, it would be a surprise to me if he couldn't merit a first in the 20s at least. Yeah, that's true. Some of these good teams, by the time they get to they get to February, they know their pick's going to be between 25 and 30 if they still have it, which not a lot of these teams do. But, like, that that's a thing uh, we've seen Houston do a couple times in season is – get to the point where they're like, oh, well, we're going to have the 28th pick. So, okay, we can put that in a deal. Yeah, although then you start to say, well, where does he really fit in, right? Obviously, Portland is one. They have the salary filler with the likes uh, of Bazemore, uh, Hassan Whiteside, if Nurkic comes back. So they can get that done. They might feel like what? their pick is too high. They might need to, and we'll see whether they're back into it or not. They they're playing better of late. Uh, that's the obvious one to me, though. I, I, I just have a hard time seeing Portland committing assets to this season at this point. I mean, now that Rodney Hood's out for the season, too, yeah. I, I just I, I think it's I think that's going to be a really tough sell unless you know you can re-sign Gallo. But then that raises a question of, I think in, in their minds, they still think they're going to go forward with Zach Collins at the four. So if you re-sign Gallinari, then, what, then where are you? Yeah, I guess that's a good point because he definitely is clearly a four. And yeah, the question of his bird rights is a key one and what his market is going to be. I don't know. I think if I'm his agent, I really would want to try to manipulate him somewhere that would value his bird rights because I don't see him having a great market this summer above the mid-level exception just because nobody good has any space. 
Yeah, the tight. The, all these guys, these veterans, when you look at like Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, um, even Fred Van Vliet to an extent, I'm, I'm talking about all Toronto guys here, but these veteran free agents are coming into such a difficult market. It's different if you're 23 and a free agent because then these teams like Atlanta, Memphis, Charlotte should have a real interest in guys like that. But with these 30-year-old unrestricted free agents, this is this may be the worst year that I've seen to be a 30-year-old unrestricted free agent. Yeah, 2018 wasn't great either, but that's because uh, so many teams are up against the tax. But that was kind of more the mid-level guys than the top guys. This year, there's just nowhere for even the top guys to go such a, as they are. Let's take a quick break here. and We got lots more to get to. I want to tell you about a company that I, in my personal life, have been subscribed to since 2005, 14 years, and that's Audible. If you haven't done it yet, now is the time to give yourself the gift of Audible membership. You can get a special offer of 53% off your first three months. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals. That's probably the biggest change that they've made over the years. They're now producing their own original content. Listen on any device, anytime with the Audible app. You can enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, your own audiobook library that you keep forever, even if you cancel. They also have this awesome whisper sync technology where if you buy a book on your Kindle, it can sync up with your Audible book. You just got home for the train, you pull into the garage, you've reached the climactic portion of the book. Now you can just switch over to your Kindle and finish reading it if you want. And right now for the holiday season, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month, more than half off the regular price. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA or text LockedOnNBA to 500-500. That's audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash LockedOnNBA or text LockedOnNBA to 500-500. It really is the best way, aside from our podcasts, of course, to get audio entertainment. I've just been listening to Brandon Sanderson's Skyward series. That's a, a great audio book. Once again, the way to get started with them and get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month is to go to audible.com slash LockedOnNBA or text LockedOnNBA to 500-500. We'll get back to talking about this upcoming trade season in just a second, but I also need to tell you about Masterclass. My wife, completely independent of knowing that Masterclass was going to be on the show, signed up for Masterclass this year. She's done a number of their classes now. She's working on getting more into writing. She really, really enjoyed Margaret Atwood's Masterclass in particular. And they now have over 65 wide-ranging class offerings with something for everyone. So it's an easy way to give a gift that's personal and meaningful. And for this holiday season, when you buy one annual Masterclass All Access Pass for yourself, you get another one to gift for free. That's a pretty awesome deal. A lot of times I give presents and then I kind of get jealous of them and want it myself. Well, this Masterclass deal takes care of that for you. You can get it and you can gift it as well for free. Maybe someone in your family just got a new camera, so they'd love Annie Leibovitz's masterclass. Maybe someone you know is getting married and they're getting all this awesome new cookware. Well, they have a ton of great cooking masterclasses as well. 
Those cooking classes come with beautiful downloadable guides that are at the level of a high-end cookbook. And users give Masterclass an average rating of 4.7 out of 5 stars. But just in case you're not completely satisfied, they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee on the annual all-access pass. But you're not going to use that because these classes are really, really good whether you want to get serious about a field or just to entertain yourself and learn more about it. What do you get started with them is at masterclass.com slash P-E-R. Yes, P-E-R. Easy to remember that URL, isn't it? Because Jen Hollinger invented PER. Masterclass.com slash PER to get started with this limited time offer. Buy one all-access pass. Get another one free to gift at masterclass.com slash PER. Don't forget that slash PER URL to let them know that you came from us. All right, so I'll throw one out there. I I agree with you. Gallo is the first one. Um, Actually, I want to throw out one more thing for Gallo. What about to Toronto for Serge Ibaka? Wow, that's a pretty good deal. That's pretty interesting. I mean, you're you're asking a lot of uh, Chris Boucher, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> that's kind of interesting. Send Ibaka back to Oak City. Yeah, I guess the problem there, though, is that Gallo wouldn't re-sign there. And so how much are you really going to give up then if you're Toronto in that circumstance? Maybe if Why, why would it. Gallo not re-sign in Toronto? Well, I'm saying they wouldn't want him because of their 2021 plans. Oh yeah, that um, that that would be an issue. Well, they would have to because they basically have to. They can pick one guy to resign basically and have enough money. Yeah. So that you presume that one guy is Van Vliet, but yeah, th- that's bas- so. that's basically where they are. Yeah, but I can't really think of anyone else that could match the salary and really needs Gallo. Really needs the upgrade there. Um, yeah, nothing really comes to mind for me as of now. I mean, I don't think Milwaukee, you know, could they do another Miritich type of deal for him if the price went down? I think he'd be a nice fit there, but then you run into some trouble of matching the salary. Maybe you could do Robin Lopez and Ilyasova and maybe one other guy might get you close there. Then you run into some roster issues, might have to get a third team involved. I mean, I think, uh, Milwaukee could use him to some degree. Um, cause he, they, they don't really, it doesn't, as long as he just runs the guy off the three point line, that's all they need from him defensively. Yeah, um, really the, um, yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you, you look around, it's, you don't really see a perfect fit. What about Utah? Well, I guess they have an issue with the salary match too, right? It's gotta be yeah. Exum. They can't even, I mean, they can't even get there basically without tearing apart their team. Yeah. Ingles can't be traded because of the extension. That yeah. might be the other one with the way he's playing, but that's—I mean—you're asking OKC to take on three more years, and I mean Bogdanovich is like a better version of Gallo, at least the way he's played so far, and he's pretty much the same age. Yeah, I don't know. It's—it's it's a tough one. Um, Miami, maybe that's one. Maybe it could be Miami. I think Miami's going to be the biggest player for a, a lot of these guys. They're going to be trying to get, yeah. you know, Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, uh, who, whoever, because you know, if Bogdanovich is out there, I think they'll try to get him. I, they're they're going to be trying to get guys to to increase the ceiling on this team. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, if you and really, I mean, if you sign Jimmy Butler in free agency, that's the strategy you're you're going down at this point in his career where he's at. You're you know the clock is ticking on him physically. I think just just from the issues he's already had in his career, and he's still an awesome player. So you really want to max out this year and next year, and you know. <laughs> years three and four you know we'll we'll see but 
Yeah, and maybe Miami, you know, if you can move him for waiters and James Johnson. Now, of course, Miami has outpicked two picks in the future, too. So that the, then you say, how, what is your value to, number one, get the player, and number two, take on equal amount of bad salary for another year? You know, do you start digging into some of your young guys? Yeah, that do, do you put Winslow in a deal? What is Kendrick Nunn's trade value? Like, I think those are some questions you start Ooh, asking. I would, I, I would be very seriously thinking about trading Kendrick Nunn if I, if I were Miami. I think he's uh, a little over his head right now, and, and he may have already started to collapse a little bit. But the, perhaps the perception of him it might still be high. Had a um, had a rough outing against Washington this weekend when I saw him. Uh, Okay, well, good. That's uh, one of the uh, 50 guys that I had. So if you have another, <laughs> if you have another 10 hours, we can get through the, the entire list. Um, Iguodala, let's talk about him. That's a, that's another sure. obvious one. Yeah. Um, he's been rumored to end up in one of the L.A. teams. Desperately, I think, wants a buyout. Memphis adamantly saying they are not going to give that to him. But once again, you don't necessarily see the buyer who can give up a first-round pick and match the salary. A first-round pick for Iguodala makes no sense to me. The, the, only, the only construction to me that makes sense if you're talking about a first-round pick is something where, like, Minnesota gives up Gorgie Dang in a first-round pick and gets off a 17 yeah. next year. But at the where he is at his, in his career, to just have him as a rental, there's no way that's worth a first-round pick. I think it would be if you really felt like we just have such a massive hole as a wing defender and that's our only weakness. But I mean, maybe Denver comes the closest to looking like that. Maybe, maybe Portland if they were playing better, but they're just not. So yeah. I, I, I mean, what do you think the end game is there? If you have to predict it, uh, if that's not asking you to go too far into your, the fact. That no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have like mad Intel on this. So this is yeah. just me speculating like everyone else. But I, I think the end game is is two seconds or one good second, you know, in the 30s. I, th- I think that's that's where you say uncle and say, okay. Yeah, but then you run into the issue that good teams and, don't and you, have those second runners. They have, I mean, you yeah. guys ran into that with Tyreek a few years ago where I, I think I, I had been told that teams were offering seconds, but it was, you know, oh, great, you're a good team, two seconds in the 50s. Uh, yeah, there, there, awesome. there, there was that. There was a whole other layer to the Tyreek thing that I won't get into. But yeah, yeah, that that was part of the problem as well. Yeah, well, well, you did at least uh, unintentionally provide a good tagline for our show. Uh, two guys speculating just like everyone else. <laughs> 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 that, that, that could be. Uh, I'll put that in my next little like Twitter pin Twitter video uh, <laughs> uh, promoting the pod. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. I, it's. It does seem like he's too good to get bought out, but when you throw in the twin problems of the asset and the salary matching, yeah, and the fact that he clearly wants to be in LA, and you know he he's a vet, and those guys tend to get what they want a little bit more than some guys in the middle of their career. It's interesting. His agent's going to have a lot a lot of work to do uh, on that one. Now here's here's one that is interesting though with the Clippers because they're still sitting on second round picks from Detroit. So who's the matching salary then? It would have to be Harkless and something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Iguodala at his best is better than Harkless, and they don't need him to play that many minutes. But they also have like some pretty good wing defenders. They could use his passing, though. I think that's one of the things they could really use. They really kind of, Doc Rivers had these comments over the weekend after they got waxed by Milwaukee that, you know, they're not really 
systematized and they're not really moving the ball. They're just beating guys with pure talent. And, you know, they might come to a time where you can't just do that anymore. Yeah. And I also think in a postseason situation where they're playing a little smaller, where Kawhi is basically a full-time four for you at that point, where having another wing is probably more helpful there than in a regular season situation. Okay. Who's your next one? All right. Here's a name that I don't think people are talking about. But because he's playing so well, I think it's interesting to at least put out there. Evan Fournier. But don't the Magic need him? Okay, that's a problem. That is the key he, flaw. Here, here's, here's why I'm putting this out there. He has a player option after the season. So if you're Orlando and you say, I'm a little skittish about paying this guy if he opts out. And I don't have a lot of... It's not like him opting out would generate so much cap room that they could go sign other people either. So it puts him in a little bit of a tight spot, right? Do you do you want to pay him for this year going forward where the Magic are and where Fournier is at in his career? You're probably paying for a career year. On the yes. other hand, if you want to make the playoffs this year, you pretty much need to keep him. I mean, he's been fantastic. He's been I mean, he's basically been their best player. Yeah, 62% true shooting for him. Yeah, to me he's one of these guys that I don't see anybody saying like, oh, this guy is going to put us over the top here because he's not, he's acceptable defensively, but he's not great. He can shoot the ball okay, but a lot of his value comes in being an on-ball guy. And I don't know if he's a good enough on-ball guy for your later rounds of the playoffs. I think he has more value to Orlando than he does to anyone else. Um, And they can hopefully find some other way to get off the money if they uh, and there's also the idea of well who else is going to sign him at big numbers so that i think they would have that's some true he'd be opting out into a tight market without a yeah. doubt so you're you're skeptical you're skeptical then of my uh my fournier proposition yeah and it's also i still just feel that this team if they fall out of it yes i i think so but that's not going to happen in the, the eastern I, I think- conference will not allow them to fall out of it yeah, I think they just are putting like too much of a premium on, on getting the eight seed. Although you've always felt like they have more moves to to be made. Um, all right, let's see here. Should be traded. Jay Crowder in Memphis is one. I think his skill set. He's actually shooting it okay last time I checked. Uh, and his skill set is one that's going to fit in on every team. Maybe not as your starting power forward, but you know he can give you fifteen or twenty minutes a game on pretty much any team off the bench. But that's another one where he, you know, you're not going to give up a first for him. Maybe there's an Iguodala plus Crowder. Maybe that equals yeah. a first. Yeah. I think I think teams, to me, teams that would be asking about the one would be trying to get the other one thrown in. Um, you know, a little bit of a Costco shopping mentality, yeah. uh, depending on what, you know, whether they can take on 25, what they have to send out. Um the good part about Crowder is he's only seven million, so he he's a little bit easier to match the salary with. Yeah, some of these teams could you know could do it with small contracts. Like uh, Utah, unfortunately, is prevented from reacquiring him, but they're like the perfect team to to do something like that with him. Um, but you you see even even some of these others that have a lot of small contracts lying around, like your your Portland example. Actually, you know they 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 got a lot of small numbers that they could slap together and and get to a Jay Crowder deal pretty quickly. Yeah. Would you, well, would, you do, also, would you do Rodney Hood for uh, and something for Jay Crowder? And something. Yeah. I, I mean, it would probably, you know, is that a first to get Crowder this year, get his bird rights, and also get off of Rodney Hood, who's basically now dead salary after the torn Achilles for next year? 
Yeah, because he's he'll he has a team option for six next year, which you have to think he'd be yeah. picking up. Portland, I mean, Portland can have a lot of cap room next year, depending on what they do. Um, again, I don't know how valuable that is, but so yeah, maybe you try to yeah. secure secure the bird rights of good players. That maybe that's more helpful. And then Crowder gives you that kind of positional flexibility between three and four that they were they're missing this year. I mean, they kind of were hoping for it with Hazonia, I guess, and it never happened. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and maybe too for for Portland. Uh, you know, having some space and being a good team, like we said, there's not that many. They kind of have their pick of the litter of veteran free agents. I mean, it's not it's not a good class at the high end, but there are guys like Gallo who, who in theory, could contribute. And maybe you don't have to overpay for them. Maybe those guys even would want to do take a one year deal and get back into it in 2021 when more teams are are gunning for space and some of them will strike out and, and have to go to second options. It's potentially a good place to be if you're a Portland where you're not a destination free agent landing spot where, you know, you, you can at least come into a market like this with some advantage. So here's an example of a guy where absolutely you would think he should be traded in an, in an efficient market where, okay, we could give up a second for this guy. And if we had it and we have the matching salary and it's fine, you know, Derek favors say to assuming he's healthy to Boston, right? Like that just makes perfect sense, right? Pretty good on, on both ends, could finish around the rim, got some mobility defensively. But then you say, okay, matching salary, especially with Hayward playing so well, Smart playing so well, you don't really, you're going to struggle to get to 18 if you're Boston. They have some assets in the future, but what is that going to be? And so you're just, you're kind of stuck. Like I think when I was saying, hey, the buyout market could be pretty good, like, Derek Favors might be on the buyout market potentially, right? Or, or would just is it just his bird rights are worth it to New Orleans? Just keep him around in that case. I don't know what the condition of his knees is, and you know he had trouble with that going back to Utah quite a ways. Yeah, and so I th- I think that's the question that lingers over any Favors acquisition. Teams are going to want to see him back on the court playing before they put anything on the table to acquire him. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe New Orleans, if Zion comes back, they could get, and favors looks good. They would go on enough of a run to stay in it and wouldn't want to move him. Or again, they would want to potentially re-sign him. All right, who else you got here? Well, we haven't talked about Kevin Love yet, but I, I mean that's yeah. that one's hammered to the head, obvious, right? Yeah. Well, Woj uh, reporting that uh, All Star Kevin Love is available. I wonder what what is the statute of limitations for Woj tweeting that. Uh, that someone is is an all star still. I guess it's only been a year, but uh, J- Jamal all- McGlure has the record, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. All star Vince Carter is also uh, very available uh, at this trade season. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But do you see Love as something that they can get something for? Because of course, it, it was the the usual. Oh, they'd be willing. Yeah, to, all we're looking for, for is three firsts and a young player, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that kind yeah. of deal, right? <laughs> It's like, well, uh, and uh, we reluctantly have decided that we would move it, but only for just an unbelievable package because, yeah. uh, you know, if we if we go uh, 17 and 65 instead of uh, 19 and 63, that would be a big blow to us. We, we can't just give up on him like that. Yeah, you know, I think they thought the extension was more of an asset than, than it actually is. I mean, Kevin Love's still a good player, but he makes 29 and he's a... Uh, plays the position that's least valued in the league now. 
And, uh, you know, if you look at him as a, as a sometime five, sometime four, it's just, just a hard guy to fit into a, into a really high level team. Right. And, and that's the, the thing, and especially a high level team where you've got three more years of him at 30 million a year going forward. To me, his value is your Orlando type of just trying to make the playoff sort of team. Uh, but they got plenty of power forward. Detroit has plenty of power forward. So who are those? Things? Phoenix, yeah, maybe there's a, a thought there. But who's the salary filler coming back for him at, at that point? And then, and still, I mean, to me, he might be a negative contract. We can quibble about that. But do you get to the point where it's really worth moving him if you're Cleveland? I mean, he can at least help with the development of the young guards. If all you're getting is salary relief, is that worth it for them? It depends. It depends on what the internal situation is and the internal dynamics, you know, because you're hearing stuff about Cleveland and you, you just don't know which which players are the ones who are most unhappy. Yeah, but, you're referring, of course, to, to those who haven't heard the report that John Beeline is running it like a college team. Yeah, and that and that a lot of players are upset with it. And I, I would be interested to see if because Tristan Thompson went in the media and said, "No, no, no, we're good with him." I don't recall seeing any such quotes with Kevin Love, although I uh, haven't looked for them. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, him being unhappy there, that when I talked to, to uh, Chris Fedor uh, for my Cleveland preview on Dunkton, he's like, well, Kevin Love, uh, they really want him around. He's the first in the gym. He's a great influence on the young guys, blah, blah. You know, of course, they're going to say that shit. But, like, uh, you know, if that's no longer the case overtly, then maybe that forces their hand a bit more. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just uh, it's just hard for me to see them getting real draft assets back. I mean, if you're now if you're Sacramento, would you do like Bogdanovich and Ariza or something? Or oh hell no, no, I think Bogdanovich would be, well, and, and he plays the same position as Marvin Bagley. So I, I mean, maybe the basketball fit to me would be Phoenix. Like he could get them into the playoffs, give some space for Booker. Uh, help out Aiton, uh, uh, you know, space the floor for the Aiton Booker pick and rolls. Uh, it, I, I think it'd be useful there. That's I mean, a pretty yeah. good one, and they have they have a contract with Tyler Johnson, who's had a oh, horrid yeah. start to his season, and uh, so he's he's at nineteen. So from that from there, it's not that hard to get to the number you need to get to. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. We'll see whether uh, Robert Sarver decides uh, making the playoffs this year is important. You could see them maybe making that uh, making that mistake. Um, okay, let's see here. My turn. Kevin Lowe, we talked about uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay, so I I just wrote down every spur. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's talk about LaMarcus. Yeah, well, I mean, I think discussing the Spurs as a team probably makes more sense, right? Uh, Aldridge, DeRozan, it, it would be really a comprehensive effort, you would imagine, they moved the the other interesting part of it too is that guarantee that comes up on January first, where he's only guaranteed seven million for next year. Yeah. Now, so do they try to move him before January first? Then someone else could make that decision. I guaranteeing him. Uh, do they? I mean, they're not going to waive him prior to January first. So this with the other layer to this, this is a team that has basically never made in season trades. Yeah. But they have some interesting pieces. Like the one nobody talks about. What about Rudy Gay? Like yeah, he's, he could he's pretty good. He makes fifteen million. Like <laughs> there's a lot of teams where he could he could help, and it wouldn't necessarily 
be too complicated to match his number. Yeah, he's fourteen and a half million this year, fourteen and a half million next year, and he's been playing reasonably well. He's probably worth that contract. You're not taking on too much. So yeah, it's, it, there's just again you run into this issue that Lamarcus. I, I mean, I like his fit some places better than others, but he still doesn't really shoot the three. His post-up game is waning a little bit. I think he's slipped a lot defensively the last couple of years. So, again, yeah. like, who who wants this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's really a pure five at this point. Yeah. And any five who's making in the 20s better be pretty darn good. Is he another Miami guy, maybe? Uh, again, for that kind of toxic Johnson-Waiters mix. But once more, you're does Greg Popovich want to give up a player who, in theory, still helps him to get some seconds? Yeah, I just don't know they're at that point. Like they because they have good young players already. So they're they're at a really interesting point, man. I mean <laughs> they they have a lot of veterans with names, but they're just not good. And th- I mean the team isn't good, not the veterans. And uh and but they're but their young guys haven't quite gotten to the point where they can carry a team yet. When you look at DeJounte Murray or Derek White or you know, I think Pirtle will be an okay center down the line. Uh, you know, Lonnie Walker, guys like that. You just, they're at a really weird crossroads, and they've, they've just never been at this point in the last 20-plus years. So it's interesting. The title of this podcast is Who Should Be Traded? And then every name that we bring up, when we say should, to me, correct me if I'm wrong here, that means, yes, like they should be able to find someone for him. They should be able to get something that's worth it if they put this guy in the market. But I don't know that we're actually seeing that as we really go through it now. Yeah. they Again, I, th- I mean, I think like Rudy Gay, because of his number and his positional flexibility between three and four, even though he's probably a little more four than three at this point, like he might have more trade suitors than LaMarcus or DeRozan. Maybe that's right. Well, especially when you consider DeRozan as a number for next year too. Yeah, the you know those player options are always tricky. It wasn't when I when I was in the front office, they were, they were always confounding, and they always kind of got players always kind of got devalued on the trade market if they had them because you didn't know what they were going to do, and you knew that you knew that the the odds were working against you on it, right? Well, if he plays awesome, he'll opt out, and if he plays terrible, he'll opt in, and so that those things can be really uh, a hindrance to any kind of trade getting completed all right let's take a quick break and uh we'll get to some more here let's do a little lightning round at, at some point soon david harrison here the locked on washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to dave's killer bread i don't know about you guys but when i eat pizza i eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust dave's killer bread is america's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store 
What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new Sirius XM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Okay, give me, give me like, let's just do like 30 seconds. We'll just go back and forth here. So give me, give me one and uh, we can talk about it for 30 seconds and we'll move on. Jabari Parker. Yeah, player option for next year at, at $6 million, reinvented as a role man this year. Small enough salary. Do you think that Atlanta wouldn't want to just keep him around, though? They're not keeping him around, right? He's, yeah. He's, he'll be a non-bird free agent opting out of $6 million, right? So what? It, I, I just think you could trade him and then try to re-sign him in the summer almost. Like, I... I yeah, I suppose you could say they you have a better chance of re-signing him if he's if he was there the whole time. That that would probably be the yeah. one the one well, argument a, a, for it. And he helps Trey Trey Young develop, but they just have no bodies in the front court right now. They want to at least take a continue to be as good as they can be the rest of this year because they have these free agent aspirations. They're going to want people to come there. I would say no. I, I probably wouldn't. I, I thought of him initially, but I, I probably wouldn't say that he should be traded for, you know, if you can get a good second for him. Yeah, sure. Okay. Derek Rose. Should be traded. Derek Rose. I mean, you get yeah. this. I mean, the Pistons signed him because they have playoff aspirations and they'll probably be in the playoff race for most of the year just because it's the East. Yeah. But I think bigger picture, this is a team going nowhere and they should. I mean, they should trade Drummond and Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, but because of his contract and the position he plays, I think Derrick Rose might get more traction than the other two guys. Yeah. Hey, maybe uh, Minnesota wants him back. Hey, there you. He, he, he would be actually, I mean, he was a devastating pick and roll combo with uh, they're, Towns. They're, I mean, they're hurting enough in the backcourt that that's, I mean, that's a, that is a plausible thing you just said. Yeah, but that said, I, if I'm Detroit and I'm told by my owner, make the playoffs, no. But I guess we're saying who should be traded. But I still think it's worth it to maybe make the playoffs if you're Detroit rather than having, like, you know, a middle, uh, you know, the 40th pick. I'd probably prioritize making the playoffs for one year over, like, the 40th pick. Well, that's a good point. You're you're only getting a second for him. Okay, I got one for you. Let, maybe we'll okay. spend a little more time on this. Okay. Kyle Kuzma. Yes. Yes. Does not fit at all on that Laker team and still has one year after this one on his rookie deal and then will need to be extended, presumably. And uh, let me tell you, that new car is driving off the lot right now at warp speed. (laughs) In terms of of the value going down? Yeah. 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 And they're already really good. They're getting very little from him. That's making them good. Your problem there, though, is the salary filler. Correct. You would probably need somebody like Caldwell Pope in the deal as well. Yeah. They need then, Caldwell Pope, though. 
He's, I mean, he he gets knocked because of his shooting inconsistency, but he's a really dogged, good defender. Uh, I've always been a fan of his. Yeah, they can't trade JaVale. They can't trade him. Uh, so, I mean, maybe you could throw in DeMarcus and Quinn Cook and Kuzma, and you can start to get close to something. I mean, maybe that's... Yeah, that oh, gets you to yeah. nine, so, you know... You get yeah, you but bring then, some bring back somebody who makes fifteen. Who yeah, so Avery who Brad, is, you know, Avery Bradley, can he be part of something? Yeah. At four point seven. Obviously the, the one of the bigger problems in season when you mash together four contracts like this, though, is the roster issue with the team you're trading to. Unless you have yep. minimums you can take back into a minimum exception, it it gets really hard to keep everyone's roster straight and still pull off a deal. Yeah, and I guess who is the player who makes fifteen million in this scenario that is worth trading someone like Kuzma to get back? Maybe you wait until the summer and just hope that uh, he retains enough of that value. My biggest concern, number one, is LeBron James aging. This this year is the year. Yeah, and then also that Kuzma, especially if he craps the bet in the playoffs, which I think he probably is, it's going to look pretty bad. So, and then maybe he, you know, then you're looking at what a late first for him that you could maybe flip or something along those lines. I don't know. Well, uh, but, but it, I don't know that you can just do it because of all these guys that they signed who are now like have the one year bird restriction, the guys they re signed. Yeah. They, like I said, they're, they're, they're going to have a tough time getting to, getting to a big number. It would have to be somebody like in that 10 to 15 range somehow. Yeah, which, uh, but just in terms of in the abstract, who should be traded? He's got value and he doesn't fit on this team, and they're trying to win right now. That's the one that really sticks out to me. I've been saying that basically <laughs> since they signed AD or they traded for AD. Yeah, and it's and it's really shown out in how they played too. I I I had some fantasies that they could play three, four, five with James Kuzma and Davis. It just hasn't worked that way at all. All right, Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Wayne Ellington. <laughs> Tosh Gibson, what, what is what's their value? Dude, who's who's the most valuable of the bunch? I would think Morris, right? I would think so, especially. I mean, he's shooting. I think he leads the NBA in above the break three point percentage right now. Yeah, and he's he, shooting ninety nine percent on threes and like one percent on long twos. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah, but but he also uh, still insists on taking those long twos when you get him onto a good team, which is kind of a bummer. But he can defend his position. He, he matches up. Reasonably well, he's not going to get completely overpowered by the best combo forwards, which is a valuable skill. Uh, and he, he can shoot the ball. So, I, I mean, I think he's got value. That's another one of those ones where you run into a second and then what's the matching salary? Um, you know, I think he would be really useful on a team like Philly, but they don't really have much in the way of matching salary. Milwaukee, maybe? Could could be one you could probably get close there with Ilyasova and and maybe you give up a, one of the younger guys and I that mean, could be enough. Ilyasova and Rolo. I mean, well, Rolo, hate, I think they hate to they, break they, up. Hate to break up the Lopez family, but yeah, no, I mean, I think it would need to be more like Ilyasova and DJ Wilson. Yeah, yeah, there and you I go. think that gets you pretty close. Although then the Bucks have their their uh, sorry tax concerns. Yeah, yeah, you might need. Well, you. I mean, you can put in Dragon Bender, though. I mean, <laughs> you can do that. Uh, so that that's one. I, I but I I think he's on the borderline to me of 
does he get bought out or does he get traded? I think he probably gets traded. I think he has enough value to to get traded and that some team will give up something of value. And clearly, if you're New York, when we're talking about should be traded, he rockets to the top of the list. Yeah. Anything you can possibly get for him. And to, you know, because he's blocking a lot of your young guys too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he probably as much as anyone. I mean, Randall would be the other one. I just don't think, I think they're going to have a hard time getting anything for Randall or Portis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Portis, at least, uh, you've got the team option for next year. Uh, Mark Bartlestein likes it, his team option. So, uh, But Portis doesn't really help you win, I don't think, in the playoffs. And Randall has $20 million for next year. And I think he could maybe potentially help a playoff team in the right role, playing 20 minutes off the bench as a scorer with spacing around him, and maybe they switch defensively. But for $20 million and you got to pay him next year, it seems like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. That that would be another one where if there were awful more awful contracts in circulation for next year, then he'd be a lot more viable as a trade candidate. Yeah, Ellington is another one. Maybe again, you could package. We have. I've always wondered why we don't see these deals of like, okay, you've got these two guys who maybe you don't. They're not worth the first or or good seconds or an okay young player, but you package a couple of those guys together for a team that needs depth, like. Ellington and Morris, maybe that gets you there, but then you know the salary matching again becomes a problem for a lot of these teams. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've really run into a lot of obstacles here that are going to limit the trade market. We suspect. Um, okay, I'll, I'll throw Unle- one out unless, here. Unless yeah. we see more challenge trades. Yeah, of a challenge trade, just meaning, hey, here's a guy, two good players for each other, but yeah. that are just you know we think each will be a better fit somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Tristan Thompson playing well, but seems maybe again more like a buyout guy due to the big number. I think he will not be a buyout guy. No? I think the Cavaliers want him around and wouldn't mind re-signing him. All right. That's, uh, well, hey, he defended their uh, beleaguered coach in the media. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. why. He's... uh, I th- I think if they were able to get something legitimate for him, they'd have to look at that. Obviously, in the position they're in, but other I I can't see them just just kind of let letting him walk just to like save a million dollars or whatever. I I'd, I'd have a hard time seeing that happening. Man, the more I think about it now, the coincidence of hey, we're listening to Kevin Love trade offers and John Beeline is coaching this like it's a college team coming out within two days of each other. Uh, doesn't seem like it's pure coincidence. That might might not be a total coincidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Aaron Baines. Okay. If you're Phoenix, I don't know how you can trade an MVP candidate. <laughs> well, this assumes they fall out of it. If they're in it, I agree with you. Yeah, they keep them around for sure. I don't. I just. I guess I just don't think they're going to fall out of it. They're going to get Aiton back. Yeah. They're going to get Baines back. I mean, if they're able, they've been able to stay in it with Frank Kaminsky shooting eleven percent on layups at the five for them. When they get Aiton and Baines back, I think I think they're going to be pretty good. And the bar isn't that high for seven and eight in the West. Even if they don't ultimately make it, I think they're going to be there in the race the whole year. Davis Bertans. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because he comes with uh, with bird rights too. Yeah. But maybe Washington wants to keep him around and, and just would value his bird rights. Again, you, you start to, when it's at, you know, some middling pick in the 50s or Davis Bertans bird rights. I'd probably no, just you would, yeah, rights. I'll tell you this. 
you would have to put a first-round pick on the table, I think. The, the way he is playing and the uh, the age he is at and the role that he plays, which is pretty portable, I do think you'd have to put a first on the table. Yeah, and they would, of course, have full bird rights in, on him, even though he's on a two-year contract because exactly. uh, he, he had further contracts before that with San Antonio. If you're only on a one-year deal, you'd lose the bird rights, but... On a two-year deal like Miritich last year, your bird rights come with you. Full bird rights come with you. Um, all right, your turn. <laughs> oh, I gotta come up. I gotta come up with another player for the lightning round here, huh? All right, let's talk about Dante Exum. Seems like he just has to be in there due to salary filler because and Utah needs some reinforcements for their bench. That seems wise to me. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. But there that's yet another team that's out future assets from the Conley trade. Yeah, they would need a team to view Exum as an asset, which is getting harder and harder to fathom happening. That's that's not going to happen, I don't think. He he doesn't look good. I mean, he would have to really start playing a lot better coming off that partially torn patellar tendon. Um, all right, my turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole number of guys a salary filler, right? There's Exum. There's, let me see here. Exum's interesting, though, because he's one of the few guys that has money for next year. You know, I talked yeah. about Gorgie Dang earlier, but Exum's one of the other ones where a guy who has money next year that you really wish wasn't there. Hey, you know, yeah. who, you know who we haven't talked about? The uh, MVP of the G League so far, Josh Jackson in Memphis. <laughs> is there any is he, trade, is va- trade value well? there for his seven million? He's been the best player in the G League, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they are limited to what eight point seven, I think, is what they can pay him. Next year, at it's, some point, they're going to bring him up if he's playing this well, though, right? I would think so. Yeah, it's eight point nine three is the most they can go next year. Now that's uh, that's um, that no, that number is uh, radioactive. Like any team that acquires him is limited to that number as well. Yeah, but hard to imagine he would get more than that, regardless of how well he plays in the G League. Yeah, you would you would think so, but. You know, is there a team that's willing to put something on the table to take a flyer at him, or is there a veteran that, or a, or maybe not even a veteran, a twenty-five random twenty-five-year-old that Memphis would find more interesting? I don't know. Um, I do. Th- I do yeah, think teams ahead. will be watching him very closely at the showcase, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, next week uh, in Vegas. Uh, so here's a, just a few other salary fillers I can throw out: Daniel Tice and S. Cantor. Basically, the only salary that's not tied down on the Celtics right now, and the Celtics do have assets, and they may feel that they can really get into that East title mix with just one more really good big. That would probably... uh, But your thing there is, who is that big that they are really going to target that would be available for $12 a year and puts them over the top, you know, I really would have to go through and see how no one comes to mind initially for me there. The first guys you think of are guys who make too much money, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you have Gasol and Ibaka in Toronto. You have Steven Adams, uh, who we didn't really talk about, but I mean, he's, uh, yeah, a, I, I, he's a name you hear out there, but his number is big. And it goes to next year too. And he's not good anymore. He's like the 25th best center in the league now. Wow. You're harsh, Nate. He, <laughs> Well, okay, uh, uh, he might be in a tier with some guys who are higher, but I think you would be hard pressed to argue he's going to make a difference for you. You, I think he's really slipped defensively. In your particular. your your centers would have to be in a pretty shabby situation for for that to be the case. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, and theirs aren't. Um, 
even though they're kind of doing it by committee. And, and but like they Lamar- may even, you know, we talked about yeah. Lamarcus though; he's in the mid twenties. We talked about uh, Kevin Love, who's close to thirty. Like you just don't these these Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. They make too much. Like who's the big who's the big for Boston, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, favors if he were absolutely playing at his peak, but I think I value him even in that scenario more than a lot of teams do. So yeah, and the Clippers are another one, right, where I thought maybe Lou Williams and Trez, a guy who they're going to, in theory, have to pay a lot for, mm-hmm. uh, might be guys, because of their defensive issues, that they would want to move to get guys who are just more kind of role players around their stars. That you say, hey, if you're going to play Lou Williams at the end of games, that's just too easy to attack. Mm-hmm. But you know, who do you package them for to get a guy who's really going to be an upgrade? I thought maybe at center you could find someone who'd be an upgrade. But once again, that guy is not necessarily available. I mean, it really would have to be one of these things with if you're L.A. or Boston where you go to a team that has a guy on a good contract that doesn't necessarily looking to move him and bowl him over with an offer. And that right. those like, those deals never seem to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, just trying to find guys who are in the right salary spot, too. I mean, if you're Boston, does like does Jonas Valanciunas move the needle for you at all? No, especially not at having to pay him at 15 million a year for. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's a good player, but not at the highest levels in the playoffs when you need more mobility defensively. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're going to if you're going to make that deal, you want it to be for somebody who's who, you know, is going to be able to stay on the court in fourth quarters and playoff games. And I'm not sure he's that guy. Okay. How about the group of guys who are kind of restricted free agents that maybe are buried a little bit or the team doesn't want to pay. uh, And maybe their restricted rights could be something like a Malik Beasley or Hernan Gomez. Okay. So those, yeah, those two guys I think are interesting because they could be potentially the centerpiece of a, of a Denver trade somehow. Um, Here's a here's a challenge trade for you. What about Beasley for Kuzma? <laughs> uh, no, Lakers would never do that. The perception, I mean, because you got to remember that any player who's who's a young player is even remotely decent in L.A. just completely gets blown up all out of proportion. Yeah, that's, so, that perception issue is going to be a problem for the for the Lakers in, tra- in the Kuzma trade. I agree with that. Yeah, well, I mean, now of course, who is the agent for Malik Beasley, Rich Paul? Wow, you see, I did not know that. Yeah, I th- uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, and and uh, also turned down three for thirty, which is not looking like an amazing decision with him being kind of in and out of the rotation. Yeah, he's been a little disappointing this year, right? Like not quite on Kuzma's level of disappointment, but it's been just a little underwhelming. Um, another guy I might throw into that category would be maybe uh, Derek Jones Jr. in Miami. Where he's not going to be restricted, but he is young. He made they've got a lot of guys at his position, so maybe there's just a thought that they're not going to be able to afford him going forward. And Bogdanovich, of course, would be the other the other one there too. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich in Sacramento. So yeah, they're just in a little bit of a tight spot with Bogdanovich, depending on what they want to do next year and how much money he commands. If he gets like twenty or something, that could be a real problem for them for their for their tax position. And he's one of the guys who's probably still young enough that some of these rebuilding teams might look at him too. Yeah, and, and he's having a nice year. I mean, he's kind of like the West Coast Fournier. There you go. Yeah. You know, not like your number one on-ball guy, but can do it, can shoot. I like his defense actually a little bit better than Fournier's. But, you know, they're both kind of not 
not like soft Euro defensive players, but not like amazing either. Um, yeah, so this is this has been kind of depressing. Maybe we're not going to see that much action. Yeah, that would that would be a disappointment. I hope hopefully uh, some things come out of the blue. You know, there's always one that comes completely out of left field. Um, you know, I think we didn't really talk about Chris Paul, but like the Chris Paul to Miami stuff, I think is always going to be out there until Feb sixth. Um, so there there's going to be. It's going to be some guys on the move, I'm sure, because there always are. But I hope it isn't one of those years where, like, the only – there was one year when I was first at ESPN where the only trade deadline trade – I don't know if you remember this – was Anthony Johnson for a second-round pick. <laughs> was literally the only trade on deadline day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and your analysis of it was, like, your highest-rated article. <laughs> right. People were so desperate for something. So, yeah, people love trades, man. It's like the that's the number one thing that like at least hardcore fans that are interested in. Yeah, Paul, it's just again, if you're OKC, you don't want to give up assets to get off of him, and that number is so huge. Yeah, uh, especially in Miami, where you got you're going to add forty million in the twenty one twenty two season when they're trying to have cap space in the summer twenty one. It's just it's really hard to get there, and, and Paul. Because he's the head of the players union, I don't know if he feels like he can take a significant haircut in terms of the number for a buyout. Well, yeah, and where where do you you know, when would he do that too? I mean, theoretically, like what, you're gonna if you have that forty four sitting on your number the last man, that's tough. Even if you stretch it, it goes down to fifteen. That's still an ugly number to have sitting on your books. Yeah, well, and especially just fifteen that you just can't get rid of under any circumstances either, yeah. no matter what. Okay, so last last group here that I have. Let me make sure. Oh, I got one for you. Okay. Uh, JJ Redick. I do not think he'll be on the move. No. I think one of the reasons he is there is to be that veteran guy around Zion and around Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, so I would be surprised if he got moved. That'd be one where you probably had to give up a first. But he's under contract for next year. That's maybe why it's worth it. That's true. That's true. If a team... Uh, Philly could reacquire him because he just left as a free agent. I've thought about that, actually. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And he doesn't... 13 is not that 13 much. isn't that... You can get to it with Mike Scott and, you know, what's Zaire Smith's value at this point? Um, but even if you didn't want to do that, you can get to it with Mike Scott... You know, a couple minimums. Yeah, so much of this to me in New Orleans favors a, and Redick. Those two guys were a big reason I was really high on them coming into the year. We just got to see where Zion is at, right? If it looks like, okay, Zion has come back. He's not playing that well. We're going to just have to really build this thing up a little more slowly. Then maybe you, it's time to see what you can get for favors and for Redick. If they start playing really well, it's like, okay, hey, we had such a bad start. We're not to make the playoffs, but next year we keep these guys around, re-sign favors, and we can go into next year as like a good chance of making the playoffs because Zion looks so good, then maybe you do keep him around. Yeah, and you know what, though? Norris doesn't need favors bird rights. Like, they could just go out and sign some other big, too. Yeah, I've got I've got them at $11 million in space, including uh, that's the what, restricted that's what the rights num- of— That's with yeah. the number for Ingram? Is that uh, with, with his hold of twenty one million? So and but Miller's going to come off, you presume, right? That's without Miller. Okay. Okay. And throwing in uh, picks that that they're going to have as well. So well, yeah, they're actually with with each game, they're they're hurting their <laughs> cap position a little more, right? 
because <laughs> the projected pick keeps coming up. That that pick from Cleveland, it looks like, is obviously going to um, uh, not convey this year. Okay, another the last category I had here for you, and I just want to throw out these guys. You tell me just who you might be targeting as kind of a second draft guy. That was a, a publicly a a concept that you pioneered. So here here are my second draft guys. Tell me which of these guys you would potentially be interested in. Okay. DJ Wilson. Pass. Rody Crooks. Oh, he's a, I don't know what happened to him this year though. Like he looked really good last year. Now he's like scoring 7 points in G League games. Like I don't I don't know what happened to him. I got I got I got to watch him a little more. Malik Monk. He's been halfway kind of halfway decent this year. Or, or as I, you call him, Kobe White with worse hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you got you hope kobe white ends up on a better trajectory than, than malik I, I i do too i was a little i was a little depressed when i when i saw you refer to kobe white as malik monk with better hair yeah i mean he's a little bigger a little has a little more juice to him on the ball i think he'll be a better player but he's not playing like one right now but he's only 19 too but enough about kobe white malik monk probably going to be a pass for me willie hernan gomez uh, that's going to be a pass. I, I just, you know, he's a, he's a third center. Like, I just, I just don't think you need to put yeah. anything on the table for that. I, I, I would like to get a look at him in like Portland somewhere. I mean, I think he's a really good offensive center. So he doesn't play because he's totally exposed in Charlotte and Borrego doesn't trust him defensively. And he's right not to. Mm-hmm. But somewhere where it's a more conservative system where they just kind of, they've got some stuff around him. Or just a team that's like trying to go all offense on the second unit. So Washington, I, I think, actually, yeah, you know, I, I mean, and he comes with full bird rights. He won't be restricted because this is his mm-hmm. fourth year. Yeah, but hey, what Washington? They have all no bigs who are healthy right now. Hey, you, I mean, I'm not. Maybe you could just pay cash to get him. Yeah, I mean, you could do point. worse if you need somebody. You could do worse. That's definitely yeah. that's definitely the flip side of that. Okay, Gary Clark from Houston. Kind of like him needs to shoot the ball more consistently in that in that system in Houston especially it's hard for him because they just want him shooting catch and shoot threes and that's not a skill he really has yet uh, but he is a tough little uh, son of a gun and uh, he uh, you know he he can do some things if you have him in the right spot I think where where he could be more helpful I, I'd be interested in him not really a second draft guy but. Maybe a young guy who would have some value in a trade. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Boy, I have a hard time uh, with that one. I, uh, I I guess I just I I still see the same weaknesses with him. And you first of all, you wonder about the physical side. Yeah. With him, and then the the uh, defensive kind of malaise uh, and just the the general shot happiness. I mean, he's only had lim- limited minutes, so. You know, we'll we'll see. I I do wonder if they should try to assign him to the G League for a while because he's not he's not playing for them and he hasn't had a lot of game minutes in the last couple of years. I I agree with you. I I thought he was awesome before he got hurt. I thought, and you you can weigh in on this one because you go to this every year. I thought that he had like the best week of practice of basically anyone I ever saw at the Hoop Summit. Well, we were not allowed to go into the practices. Oh, the that's right. Summit. Yeah, you, well, he, he but, you saw the one scrimmage though, and he was awesome in that. 
Um, yeah. Now, when you saw the, when you saw him in the game, though, you saw so many situations where he was either loafing or not in a stance on D and kind of passing up open teammates. So that the, there were definite concerns from that. He had a he had a workout before the draft. Uh, the the year he was picked, uh, the, most of the teams were at it, but he made every single shot. Like I'm yeah. not even exaggerating. Like it was an incredible shooting display. So his shooting ability is probably the thing that gets you most excited for someone who's like pretty athletic to also be an awesome outside shooter. That's like a pretty good foundation, but there are so many other warts right now that I think that's why he's having yeah. a hard time getting on a floor on the floor on a good team. I agree with you there. I loved his athleticism uh, in that hoop summit practice week, and and to. By the way, to expand on what John was saying at the Nike Hoop Summit, the media is allowed to go into all the USA practices, but the NBA personnel, which John was at the time, can only go and see one practice scrimmage against uh, the Portland Generals. Which, <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> Although we, we um, did we did see extensive uh, ex- extensive uh, action from a, a high school Peyton Pritchard as part of those teams. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Steve Blake came back and played one year. Uh, but yeah, but, but back to Porter, he, his athleticism really wowed me that week. And since he's had the back injury, uh, he's had some knee trouble too. I haven't seen that for me. I haven't seen him be able to get by anyone. He just kind of looks like a guy out there athletically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kevin Knox. Pass. I thought you might say that. Troy Brown Jr. Bye, 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 bye. Give me all really? that stock. Yeah. Uh, he's still young. He defends. He's got pretty good feel. His shot isn't that great yet. He needs to. He doesn't have like blow by quickness. Um, but I think he's a player. I mean, he's in Scott Brooks' doghouse right now for being soft. At least yeah, in Scott I mean, Brooks' mind. You see some of that in games and stuff, but I don't know. I I kind of like him. Yeah, I think we disagree on him. I, I think he. I mean, it, would I take a chance on him somewhere else as just a young rebuilding team? And he, if he's really in Brooks' doghouse, sure. Um, the organization, you know, maybe maybe they just decide they would like to move him. I, I don't see that necessarily happening. But he he can handle the ball. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to shoot. He just never has. Um, he's not – I wouldn't consider him like a plus athlete. He's, he, he's not a plus yeah. athlete. He just has yeah. like good hands, good feel. Yeah, he's definitely not yeah. a plus athlete. Yeah, and, and defense, you know, I kind of see – I mean, you can't put him on the best guy. Defensively, at, at his position, to me, no, he's more he's more solid, but yeah, gets it handsy, gets a lot of steals, and the shooting's going to be the swing skill for him because it's 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 hard to be a, a non athlete and a non shooter. Like you yeah. got to be pretty much a ten in every other category, right? Yeah, but so I, 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 I mean, he's only he's only twenty, and even even with all the warts we discussed, like production wise, he just hasn't been that bad. I, I I think he's got a real chance to be something helpful. All right. Well, a team, or I guess we are asking for two teams now that uh, don't really have a chance. We are going to rule them out for the playoffs here. Before we go, I will go first, and I am going to rule out the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's a bold choice right there. <laughs> what, pray tell, would make you say that Cleveland... <laughs> <laughs> will not make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, anything just like overall in a macro sense that's like uh, that you want to say about their season since we're 
writing them off unless they make a trade for the rest of the year. Yeah, the first week of the year, they kind of looked okay. Yeah, they were really benefiting from a ton of opponent shooting luck. Like the, and now they've reverted back to being like just as atrocious defensively as their personnel would have indicated. I was like, ooh, maybe John Beeline has some like magic sauce. I'm like, oh no, actually teams are shooting like 30% on jumpers against them. Yeah. So, you, uh, you know, the, the one real accomplishment they have this year though is that they did cause the Knicks to hold that press conference. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it wasn't a lost year for Cleveland after all. <laughs> They contributed okay. something to the NBA landscape this year. Okay. So, and, and a reminder here, by the way, I have previously ruled out the Knicks. John has previously ruled out the Warriors. Yes. All right. So I I go now. So I will rule out the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, no disrespect to uh, to Mike Miller, but they're four nineteen and they're a mess. And I don't think I need to elaborate too much on this. Yeah, well, you wrote about that, obviously, for The Athletic uh, this week. But uh, no, it's a sage decision, though, to wait. Uh, I think you, you really had to had to hold off on, on the Knicks. Not, <laughs> I needed more evidence, more information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, sorry to do this. Memphis Grizzlies are my other one, especially with uh, Morant now uh, missing some time. They're taking it really easy with him. They're clearly in development mode this year. They might move or buy out someone like Crowder. So, uh, and they're just unlike some other teams. I mean, not that the, we still have plenty of other candidates. Don't worry. It was yeah. tough to choose here. But I think Memphis is the one that it just, no matter what happens, you can't see them like going for it. You know, maybe Golden State, it's like, oh, they got Russell back and Looney and Draymond mm-hmm. and like they're going to defend and they could start playing at like a 500 level. And I, I mean, I, I shouldn't waste any more time talking about Golden State's playoff chances, but. I still consider But you haven't ruled them out yet. No, I haven't. I'm going to rule out Memphis for Golden State. <laughs> All right. I'm uh so I'm going to let's see. I've taken I've taken New York and Golden State already. All right. It's a hard choice, but I'm going to go with Cleveland. Oof. Re- really tortured there. Huh? It, do, did you like agonize over whether you're going to say New York or Cleveland first? Was that I actually, that really I with? actually, by the the tiebreaker was uh was head head to head press conferences required. <laughs> so I, I it, yeah. it was easy to take New York first, but yeah, yeah Cle- but, Cleveland I think is a is a team we can safely rule out. So it, we we in, have to, it, go ahead in the scoring system. Um, how many players hate the coach anonymous articles equal one post loss gm press conference oh that's interesting yeah yeah we need to we need to come up with the analytics on that get the right equation because that might that might matter like when we when we get to chicago that might matter too huh (laughs) yeah i mean if you don't feel like it's giving away too much of your strategy like who are some of your other candidates that you're you're considering here uh oh for playoff elimination yeah I mean, certainly uh, Memphis is uh, a team you have to look at. I think it it gets a little bit harder after that. The, the Pelicans would be the other one, but the Zion factor is still hanging over things that they could yeah. potentially make some kind of run. Although I mean, point, point differential isn't that bad too. No, for, no Charlotte. Yeah, they're they're the. I mean, obviously their point differential is horrible, but they're they're nine and fifteen. I just, it's hard to see any kind of move they could make that could make them any better than what they are. They, they'd, yeah. they'd probably be one of the ones that would have to be on the short list. 
Then you start getting into teams where you're like, well, I could sort of talk myself into this if, you know. So then, then once once we get through this next layer, I think this is going to get a lot more interesting. <laughs> are, are you implying that this isn't interesting? I, 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 this has actually been one of my most enjoyable segments, <laughs> frankly. It's, it's, it's interesting on a different level. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to get us out of here? Yeah. So, uh, so thanks uh, everyone for listening, and for those of you who listen at 1.5x, thank you for listening. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll be back at it next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.